Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, called Kingdoms in Conflict, Overcoming Temptation. Let's say that you feel anxious. What should you do? Well, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And then it says to begin to think about what is pure, what is good, what is lovely. How good are you and I at using the word in our moments of temptation? It's one thing to know the word of God. It's another thing to use it. Let's say you feel fearful. Well, there's so many scriptures that talk about fear not. There's a scripture that says the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The master swordsman, our king, is showing us how to battle the prince of this world. If he needed to do it, how much more do I need to do it? And I know none of us have arrived in this, but certainly this is a key that we stand on promises and quote the word of God, whether in our soul or out loud or both. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've got to use the word of God. And we've got to know the word of God. And I look at our landscape in the West and I look at churches that have exploded in growth And many of them have followed a model where the pastor will put a single verse on the screen, give scant attention to it, hopefully it's in context, and give you a 20-minute sermonette and send you on your way. That's not what you need, brethren. We need to know the Word of God. We need to know context. We need to memorize Scripture. We need to wipe the dust off our Bibles and get into the Word of God. The best defense is a good offense. Amen? So if your Bible's been put aside, is it any wonder that you're getting pummeled by the enemy? And so the devil next took Jesus into the holy city. This is verse 5, Matthew 4. That would be Jerusalem. Had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. Now Jesus has been out in the wilderness and there's a little debate among scholars. Did he literally go to the holy city or is this a visionary experience? Was he transported in the spirit, if you will? In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel ends up in Jerusalem in the spirit, though he's physically in Babylon. I I think it's a minor point, whether or not he was literally on the temple, literally on a high mountain. What high mountain could show you all the kingdoms of the world? That's where the debate lies, right? So whatever the case may be, he has him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you're the son of God attacking his identity again, throw yourself down. Two can play at this game. For it is written, says Satan. Did you know that Satan knows scripture? He quotes Psalm 91 here. He says, for it is written, he will give his angels angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways, his part that he didn't quote. 
And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Oh, you live by the Bible? Oh, cool. Here's a Bible verse. He quotes Psalm 91, which is a psalm about trust. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. It's all about trusting God through good times and bad times. And then it gets down to this promise. This promise is not about doing something stupid and hoping God will bail you out. It's not about going up to the top of a 10-story building and say, you know what? The Bible says his angels will keep me from dashing my foot against the stone. I'm just going to take a leap. I got some pixie dust right here too. I can fly. I can fly. (laughs) Well, you are going to find there's a greater law. It's called the law of gravity. Because God is not going to play a game with you. You're not going to command God. You're not going to take God's place And ironically, Satan is a fallen angel. Was Satan saying, if you jump, I'll save you? I don't think so. I think Satan tries to get us to take dumb leaps of faith. I put that in quotes. And then watch us fall to the ground and try to recover if we can. That's his ploy. Satan quotes scripture And whether it is out of context, I'll let you go back and wrestle with this. I think the main issue here is it's misapplied. You can isolate Bible verses, pull them from their original audience, context, purpose, and almost make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. There are people who are uninformed, who twists the scriptures to their own destruction. Just because someone has a Bible and can quote a verse or two, it doesn't mean that you're getting God's counsel. Be very careful. The enemy quotes Bible verses. And he says, look, just go ahead and throw yourself down. You can hear the echo once again of the crowd. Come down from the cross and we'll believe in you. But Jesus wasn't going to buy it. This is a misapplication employing a passage about trusting God and using it to test God. We are never to test God. And this is what Israel did in the desert. They tested God at the waters uh, of Massa. This is Deuteronomy 6.16. Jesus is going to quote it. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. There they quarreled with God and they tested God. They said, is the Lord among us or not? And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, this tells us that you can battle scripture out of context or misapplied with scripture in proper context. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. That tells us, verse seven confirms the misapplication the devil used on Psalm 91. Twisting trust into a test. And we can't do that. And so Jesus, using once again the Bible, corrects the enemy. The enemy doesn't say anything like, oh, that's a good point, or hey, I never saw that verse that way before. (laughs) No. He just moves on to the next temptation. This is the final one, verse 8. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. This is an unspecified mountain. There's a mount of temptation near uh, the area of Jericho. And some people believe that this could be the mountain. But what mountain could you see all the kingdoms of the world from? So whether this is literal or not, I leave to you. But he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. By the way, the original language here has the idea of just once and just for a moment. Just bow down once. And he dangled the carrot. One bow. And then you don't have to deal with Gethsemane. You don't have to be betrayed by a friend. You don't have to sweat out great drops of blood. You don't have to feel the pressure of the cross. You don't have to be betrayed by a friend, disowned by your nation. Be on that cross and be ridiculed and, and feel forsaken of your father and all that you will go through. Ah, oh, you can skip all of that. I've got a shortcut for you. If you're taking notes, first temptation... Take things into your own hands. Second temptation, force a miracle. Take a false leap of faith. Test God. Try him. Third uh, temptation, take a shortcut. One bow. One moment of your life. What's the big deal? Can you imagine the Son of God bowing before the devil? Can you imagine any son or daughter of God bowing before the devil? Every knee will bow to Christ. He doesn't bow to Satan. But Satan makes it sound so good. Just one bow. One moment. You can avoid all that suffering. All that pain. You can have, you know, the father said in Psalm 2.8, I'm sure he knew this psalm, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Jesus, at the end of the book of Matthew, will say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Could Satan give Jesus all authority in heaven? He got kicked out of heaven. What could he, could he make do on his promise to give him all the kingdoms of the world? What kind of authority did Satan have? Well, he's called the prince of the world by Jesus, called the God of this age by Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Did he have something to give? Perhaps something but it would still be empty. It still wouldn't ultimately deliver. And think of what it would have done. The Son of God would have violated his relationship with God. He would have become imperfect. He would have sinned. Our redemption would be lost. And the usurper who entered the garden in Genesis 3 would have had his way. Adam and Eve, our first parents, there in the garden. Here comes the enemy. He comes to them in a perfect garden space with all the fruit trees accessible to them except one. What does he do? Oh, well, if you eat this fruit, you'll be as gods. Adam and Eve fell on their face in a garden paradise. The second Adam, do you see the picture? Jesus faces off at the enemy in a wilderness and defeats him. And he becomes a life-giving spirit to us. That's what the Bible teaches. The second Adam, the, the great uh, God in human flesh, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, comes to defeat the enemy, to purchase our redemption at the cross, to resurrect, to defeat death. Satan had nothing to give. 
Spurgeon calls him a liar, a murderer, and a wretched traitor, giving promises which he can't make do on. In fact, he knew that if Jesus would have bowed, it would have undone everything that God had planned. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners. And be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Satan had nothing to give. Spurgeon calls him a liar, a murderer, and a wretched traitor giving promises which he can't make do on. In fact, he knew that if Jesus would have bowed, it would have undone everything that God had planned. That's what he does. You're a king, right? King of kings, Lord of lords, isn't that what it said about you? Well, take a shortcut. Make an unholy alliance just for a minute. You know, what got Israel in trouble when you read your Old Testament is they made all these unholy alliances with Egypt and Assyria and Syria. And what happened to them? They refused to trust God and it went very bad. And Jesus has come to make things right. To purchase back the title deed of the earth, which we see in Revelation 5. To take it away from the usurper. No, he won't bow. And no, you shouldn't bow either. He quotes Deuteronomy 6.13, which says, You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. The next verse says, You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the peoples who surround you. And so with these three temptations, it is written, it is written, it is written. And then Jesus said to Satan, he said, Get out of here. (laughs) He said to the devil, Get lost. The devil left him and the angels came and ministered to him. See, the help did come after Jesus passed the test. I'm sure he had some angel food, pancakes and uh, whatever else. The angels did minister to him, but they, this had to be fulfilled. The devil left him and the angels came, came and began to minister. Same Greek word, uh, that's used in Hebrews 1.14 of the angels. Their ministering spirits come to minister to those who will inherit salvation. The devil slunk away like a reprimanded dog with his tail between his legs. And the temptation ended. I want to say something to you that stuck out of me this week. Temptations do end. The pressure does lift. Things in your life that you'd struggled with for years can be in your rearview mirror. It can happen 
It does happen. And sometimes the enemy comes to us and like, oh, you'll never get over this. You're just going to keep falling to this. You know, you've already done it 500 times. What does 501 matter? And here's the truth, that if you stand and you decide to quote scripture instead of falling on your face again, all of a sudden, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's James 4, verse 7. But it says something else. It says, submit to God. (laughs) Then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need God's resources. It's not about us just, all right, I'm going to stand strong now. I know I can do it. No, it's submit to God. Ask for his power, his grace. Resist the devil, James 4, 7, and he will flee from you. This is 1 Peter 5, 9 through 11. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever and all God's people said, amen. There's hope for all of us. Yes, it's true. The devil did come back. He looked for a more opportune time, Luke 4.13. In fact, when Jesus is getting ready to go to Jerusalem and face the cross, what happens? Peter comes to him and says, oh no, Lord, uh, this will never happen to you. There's, there's no cross in your future. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. The devil did show up again in Jesus's earthly ministry. Even through a trusted disciple, his perhaps most trusted one, Peter. And he spoke again. Once again, what? Now, there's another way. Go another way. Use Peter. And I'm sure Peter was devastated, but here's the point. Temptations lift, the devil flees, and when you stand strong, there's something else that happens. You'll be a little stronger for the next time. A little bit more discerning. You might say something like this. I've seen this before. I've seen this carrot dangle before. I've seen this uh, pretty bait before, but it has a hook inside of it, and I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I will leave you with one more thought. There is such a thing as proactive protection. Not giving the devil a foothold. 1 Corinthians 7, 5 applies it to marriage. Come again together, lest Satan tempt you. Ephesians 4 applies it to unresolved anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. There's such a thing as a proactive uh, protection where you do some things so you don't put yourself in the position. Amen? So there are some ways that we can resolve things or, you know, not don't keep the door open to them. Don't give them a peg to stand on. And if temptation comes, the resources of heaven will be there to help us. Father, thank you for... This section of scripture, it's very illuminating, very important for all of us. We all face temptations of various kinds, Lord. And we may find ourselves right there at this moment. Sometimes the greatest temptation is to give up or to get ahead of you or not lean into heaven's wisdom or resources. And Lord, we're all prone to do it. And thank you for this great example of our great high priest, who showed us how to conquer, who fulfilled all righteousness, and who is in heaven 
interceding for his people. And when we face our moments, Lord, of wanting to fold up the tent and give in, would you help us, Lord, to lean into you a little bit more and and know your plans are good, your ultimate uh, destiny for each of us as believers is a wonderful one. We will experience new heavens and a new earth. We will experience a new body. We will experience this sin-cursed creation once and for all in our rearview mirror. You will wipe away every tear from our eyes. As we wait, Lord, as we walk through the desert of this world, and it often feels just like that, would you help us to trust you, to not be like ancient Israel? Help us to learn And if we've made mistakes, and we all have, Lord, we've all fallen short, help us to learn from those and keep moving forward. And understand that part of this picture, a big part of this picture, is that you came to do what we could never do for ourselves. You lived the perfect life. You died on that cross as our sinless substitute. You resurrected from the dead, and we're so grateful because that is how we get saved. And would you keep your heart bowed if you are not a Christian this morning, you're watching via live stream. It's be a wonderful time to ask Jesus to save you. He's already done the work. The cross has already happened. The resurrection has happened. But you must place your faith in Jesus Christ. And that would mean repenting of your sin, maybe even your sin of self-will and pride. Repent of that and trust in him. Maybe you're a prodigal and you've been wandering and Maybe you feel like you're in a wilderness right now. Come back and he'll bring into your life living waters, even living waters in the desert because he's good. And Father, for this precious congregation, strengthen us all. We, we realize that we hear a message like this, we're probably going to be confronted with a temptation sooner than later. <laughs> so help us apply what we've heard. Help me to do that, Lord. So when we're feeling more weak and vulnerable, we can be on the alert and know the resources of heaven are more than sufficient to give us victory in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray, all God's people said. You've been listening to Kingdoms in Conflict, Overcoming Temptation, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, before us is our glorious king showing us how to deal with temptation. And you know, it is a beautiful thing to think about the fact that when you go to him for help, he knows what it's like to be tested in all points like us, yet without sin. He knows the key to victory. What is the key? The key is very simple. We all know it as believers. It's staying in prayer and the Word of God. And having the Word of God at the ready, even specific verses for specific situations. You may need a word of encouragement going through a trial. You may need a word of warning. 
hopefully as a believer, you have enough passages, uh, you know, in your heart, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you so that you're ready to pull the sword when you need it. And the master swordsman, our great king, shows us how to do it, to answer every test with the truth of God's word, with a rhema word, if you will, a word for the specific moment and specific situation. Now that, of course, begs the need to know your Bible well enough. And some of you may be thinking, well, I can't even remember where Bible verses are. You know, you don't always have to cite um, chapter and verse in terms of it's Matthew 4.11, but you need to know the essence of it to stand on it and defeat the enemy. You know, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. That's in the book of Ephesians chapter six. This is Pastor Michael Lanson. We've been talking about kingdoms and conflict and how to overcome temptation. I mean, it doesn't get any more practical than this. And you know what? If you're battling temptation right now, be of good cheer. You're not alone. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's just what really matters is what you do with it. And of course, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be tempted, you know, and you set yourself up for a fall. So hopefully this content has been helpful to you. Hey, if we can pray for you in any way, you can reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. If you're new to the ministry, we'd love for you to get more familiar with us, even find out how you can partner with us in prayer and in giving. It's all available at walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 4, 12 through 25, called The Kingdom of Light. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.